I'm ready to talk for the next five hours about these two episodes of (laughs) K-Drama. Amazing. I'll do the intro, and then we can talk for the next five hours about this K-Drama. Okay. And welcome to Plan K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we watch a K-drama and then we come here every week to talk about it with each other and with you. Yeah, this week we did episodes five and six of Crash Landing on You. We watched them and we, you know, lived them and loved them. Uh, I felt very, I mean, I enjoyed the first four episodes of this K-drama immensely. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. But I did not expect five and six to be my maybe favorite episodes of K-drama. Like, just, I don't want to say definitively, because there's just so many good episodes of (laughs) K-drama. But, like, like, episodes one through four, I was here for. I was in them. I enjoyed them. I loved the characters. Episode five and six, they did very little. Like, everything was very good. And I'm stressed. I'm the right level of stress for a K-drama, uh, ready for Ceres' family to go straight to hell. Just yeah. all the way. Super gone. Done with them. Ready for uh, love triangles to also go straight to hell. But like, dang, what a good stress that we're living right now. It's like a love square, even. What's happening with that? Yeah. Uh, so there was like that rooftop scene. And okay. We know they're gonna. I mean, we know they're gonna fall in love, right? The uh, they have the, to. That's very cute. But it's the strangest relationship I've ever been made to root for in a K drama because he's a stupid weenie baby, and I hate him. But I don't think he's the worst. Sayri said it best, where she's like, "I don't know, he's not a great person, but I don't think he's the worst either." <laughs> it's like you know, that's the feeling I get from him as well. It's it's hard because I like homegirl Dan. I like her more than I want to. Like, I want a reason to hate her. And she's so constantly fairly likable. Like, even when she does dumb, petty stuff, and then uh, homeboy, Ri Junkyuk, is like, well, I'm indebted to you in this like, arranged marriage that we're a part of, so, like, whatever, I'll do what you want. She immediately feels guilty. You can tell that that's, like, she understands that sort of a slap in the face, and she's like, I was being really petty, and I am the lesser person now, and she takes it seriously. And I'm like, god dang it, can't she just be, like, a villain and not learn her lessons and not feel bad about being petty, and then I can hate her. Yeah, she's very self-aware. She's just very... She's self-aware in the best way. And maybe I relate to her too much. Like, try not to do this with characters, especially ones that I really want to not like, because I want her to be the villain. But she's just going through some hurt right now. She's like trying to make the best of her arranged marriage, which seems like a really cruddy situation, but she's like, you know, I like him well enough, so why don't we, like, try this? Why don't we see how it goes? Yeah, like, and everyone 
else says he's a good man to her as well, which it's kind of that thing where, like, how can you not, like, want to try and believe in that good, happy ending for yourself, too? Because it's like, yeah, like you said, she's in the situation. She may as well try to love him and see if they can really make a good relationship out of it. And yeah, also, like, it would be very embarrassing, especially in a culture that's so involved with, like, how you are perceived by others that it would, like, suck to hear that he was with another woman in public and just be very stressed about that as well. Like, it's not a stressor that I would ever have to deal with, thank God, as far as, like, it couldn't be, like, actually life-ruining, you know? But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. She, I mean, she handled it in the most face-saving way she possibly could. That was, she's fucking smooth. She's like, oh yeah, no, I know her. I knew they were together. I'm meeting up with them. She has her shit handled. Kudos for thinking on your feet. That was very cool. But then, yeah, I feel like I related to her at one very specific part. Like, I wasn't in an arranged marriage. I'm not trying to make the best of my scenario or whatever. It was the part where she shows up at his hotel room, and they're in the hotel room talking. And she's like, well, kind of as his, like, quote-unquote punishment... She's like, I've gotten our parents together for dinner, and you're going to join me for dinner instead of this homegirl that you've been running around town with. And she's, like, playing the petty card of, like, just so you know you're my man. And he's like, yeah, I am. Like, yeah, we can go to dinner. I'm free. No problem. I'm like, ah, see? That's why I felt (laughs) it. Because I I have a good man, you know? And it's hard. Sometimes you just want to be petty and you want to try and start a fight. And I loved her for being like, I'm going to fight right now. I'm going to fight you. And he's like, no, I'm a a good man. I would never fight a woman. She's like, God (laughs) dang it. Well, I will see you at seven. And like, you know, that changes you. I think I'm a better person because my husband is a better person than I am. I wouldn't say better, but Jason has incredible strengths and now that you say that that was a very jason-ish moment because even i like i've been friends with jason my whole life pretty much there were five whole years of my life i didn't know jason and that was (laughs) the first five that was the first ones and even i who am not in a relationship with jason and i don't even necessarily like pick fights but he just has this stoicism and like this really calm demeanor that when he i don't know when he wants to make a point it's very poignant it's very good mm-hmm. and he acts like he didn't doesn't even know he made it and it's like are you fucking <laughs> kidding me how is someone so well spoken i'm a mess i'm a 26 year old mess i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> I just want to be a drama queen. Yeah, and he's over here just being chill, dropping little wisdoms. So, yeah, it was a very Jason moment, and I actually feel that in a big way. Yeah, I felt that on a deep, deep level. I feel you, Dan. (laughs) Sometimes you just want to be a drama queen, and it's for the best if somebody stops you. But it's not always the most fun. But in that way, I just want them to be together so that she can chill out and be the best character. And I can't. I can't ship them. Obviously. Mm -mm. Obviously. I wish that... I don't wish she would go away by any means. I wish their arranged marriage would go away. Why do we have to be talking about a wedding in a month? 
I'm not ready for that. No one's ready for that. That really rushes along Please the whole stop, guys. falling in love thing that we need to be happening sometime soon so that he can break off his engagement. But, you know, that's its own mess. <laughs> How is it going to happen? I just don't see it happening. They're just going to get married and I hate it. I don't understand. Why does this have to happen? I do love all of these, like, uh, I don't know, not bonus scenes. All of these scenes where suddenly Siri is part of this girl group who's like, apparently he's got another fiance. Like, I'm so sorry. Those women went hard. They went from zero to savage in two seconds. That's the girl group you need. Can you just hear every fucking word of the movie that's being watched upstairs? Because I can. And I'm having a crisis. I'm very frustrated. I cannot get any... I don't ask for much. One hour, once a week. I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ask them to turn it down? Where did you go? I went to close the door. I feel like asking to turn a thing down would just... It's a hard move. It's a very big move. Especially when you're the world's most passive person. I just have that NPC energy. I don't know how to ask for things I want, so. (laughs) It's just, like, I would love in my life to be able to, like, walk out to a person and in, like, a super, super normal way be like, hey, can you turn that down? And, like, not have it feel bad and not think (laughs) about it and be kept up by it at night. Thanks. The guilt that I was raised with as a woman. I love it. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm sorry. I can't hear it on my end, if that helps. It'll It'll come out in post. It'll come out in post. I'll fix it. I'll fix it for us. Okay, well, it's me and Emily and Robert De Niro here on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) For movie in the background. Um, get you a girl group like this girl group. I love them. I didn't think I would. And here we are. Some of my favorite characters. (gasps) Okay. Did you realize, so I think we've seen them together a few times, this family unit. I did not put it together until it was like very much spelled out for me that the wiretapper was married to the cute lady whose son is the bullied kid. Like, what? It all came together all at once. Which, like you said, really positive that they showed them all together before this, because at one point they showed him stealing electricity. He, like, built his own generator. It was amazing. We knew he was smart. We knew he was a good guy. But, uh, yeah, ha- I did not, for some reason, remember at all. And then he becomes a much bigger part of the show, and then they have to like, slap you in the face with it and be like, remember, these two are married. The Your favorite woman and your favorite man that aren't the main characters they're They're married married. they have a kid it's a family remember how you wanted the wiretapper to be on seiri and ri jong hyuk's side like you wanted him to maybe put his job on the line to protect your favorite love story of all time forget that because this is what's at risk okay your favorite lady and their cute cute boy they're gonna die if he does any does anything wrong. So pick your sides, guys. Yep. So who do you love most? I I'm sorry, Siri and Jung Hyuk. I want you to be <laughs> in love so badly, but I can't sacrifice that cute little boy. 
no, cannot wish for child death. There's nothing in this world that would be like, you know who I actually want to die? That kid. Maybe that kid. So, no. so I guess goodbye, Ree Jung-hyuk, and goodbye, Seri. It has been great. It's been lovely. Um, but I can't ship it anymore, I guess. The K-drama told me not to. I just can't ask for the wiretapper's help anymore. I need someone to find that little box that's been recording them and take it down. Okay, mm-hmm. so that the wiretapper can be taken out of the situation that he's been put in. Out of all of the good, good army boys, who do you think is most likely to find the wiretapper box? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. In the past, I would have said it was the handsome young man whose name I don't know. Uh, the one who got that's two hearts gonna from Sari. But now I feel like it's going to be that good young boy. Not, not the... The young army boy. The youngest His boy? His name I also don't know. Yeah. Oh my god, he, that scene where he's being interrogated, and he's like, I must be the last one. I was like, dude! <laughs> my son. He knows. He's a smart boy. He's a good boy. You're a smart boy. You're a good boy. You're gonna die. Don't start with him. I'm so worried for you. <sighs> I mean, Jung Hyuk was there. He was there. He was ready. And he also played his cards like a boss because there was a solid chance he walks in there and both of them get shot, which would have been yeah pr- a pretty rough ending to the K-drama on episode six. <laughs> you worry about the secondary characters because they're not as bulletproof as the main characters. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you worry for your main characters, but you're pretty sure they're gonna make it to the end of the series. I was so worried that all those boys were dead. Oh, yeah. That they just, every single one of them, were going to be actually murdered in a cell in North Korea. In North Korea. I can't live with that. Mm-mm. No. They're fine. For now. We've got next week to to worry about them. Because <laughs> there's bullets flying. Finally. We made it to the part where we're shooting at each other. Michael Bay has landed. <laughs> He's here for the last five to ten minutes. Yeah. What? That was like a different show, and I loved it, and I was so stressed out by it. It was so action-packed in a way that I... Obviously, K-dramas have action moments. I think I just wasn't expecting a lot of the things that happened, which, at the, you know, upon reflection, it was very foolish of me to not expect Jung Hyuk to be following the car and, some like, be there, you know? To save the day yeah, right? in some way. But for some reason, I was like, oh, handsome young man must now figure out a way to uh, drive his way out of this situation alone. We'll see what happens. And then Jung Hyuk will figure out and he'll, like, meet them in Pyongyang or something. I don't know Not why so. I'm such a potato. I just didn't yeah. see any of that coming. I was like, I guess this is their goodbye and he's going to have someone else drive her. Because I don't know why. Why worry about it? I'm not going to think about it. Goodbye. I'm the dumbest potato. But it brings me the best surprises. Because, wow, I did not see any of that coming. I'm having a crisis. I've entered full crisis mode. Because my monkey brain, at the point where he is on a motorcycle with guns took over just full monkey brain immediately and I was so gone on him as far as he's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I love him. <laughs> I do think it's the stupidest thing he could have possibly done to take his helmet off 
before doing the sick bike stunts. Like, keep that on if you're going to crash your bike into a moving armored homicidal vehicle. That's probably, like, the one thing you can do for yourself in that situation is keep a helmet on. That's the last thing. He did have it on. Like, we didn't know who it was as soon as there was a man on a motorcycle. Like, who could that possibly be? But then they had to do the big reveal. Of course it's Young Huck. Of course. We knew it was him. You don't have to take his safety helmet off. No. But they did. And uh, his hair blowing in the wind and his intense look of, I'm going to drive this bike into this armored vehicle, was the most attractive thing that could have possibly happened. And I'm dead now. (laughs) It was very good. That's the fan service that I live for. That's the fan service Mm -hmm. that I want. (laughs) I mean, we got our damsel moment, which... You know, that's a big bummer thing that we, it's a bummer that we love it, but like they, they did it in a great way. Really beautiful damsel moment because she got the shit rescued out of her and it was my heart beat out of my chest. She was in so much distress. I cannot mm-hmm. handle it. I'm so in love with it. Please stop me. I am the worst. I'm alive in the <laughs> 1950s and I just want this woman to be saved by a man. And that's where I'm at, and I hate myself, but oh my god, they're doing <laughs> it right. Every ten seconds, she needs to be rescued, and I'm super here for it. Um, Yeah, I couldn't figure out why she couldn't get out of the car, but I realized that that doesn't really matter if a truck is driving at you. So, it worked out. <laughs> I appreciated that they had the little cutscene at the very end of the episode, like after the first credits, that explained Ri Jung-hyuk's planning. I think that was not super necessary, but it made it a little less of just like this action movie that, like I said, kind of unexpected, like the show took a turn that we didn't see coming, and they were like, no, no, no. He was really prepared. Maybe that was another aspect of why it was such a good action scene. You're right, because it wasn't out of nowhere. It wasn't just like, oh, okay, well, I guess he just has a motorcycle that no one knew about and just, like, so many guns that no one knew about. Look at that automatic. <laughs> Look at that automatic pistol he just automatic? What? When did he get that? Oh, I see. He yeah, got it oh. yesterday. While they were fishing and having a picnic, he got it. Okay. That was a very long picnic. It was a very beautiful picnic. Uh, I did put myself momentarily in Sari's shoes at the part where, man, I'm not going to remember anyone's names. Uh, nope. The poem was being read. Oh my god. I cried before that. I didn't cry at the poem. It was a very good poem, but I had already cried when they were doing a montage with that beautiful song where there's fishing and she's sitting by the campfire smiling at him. I was like, oh no, <laughs> you can't bring this like chayball woman who's never had a woman, who's never had a moment like this, who's never had a life that was so serene with just friendship and good food. She grew up with two brothers then- that she never got to have his brothers, and then all of a sudden she's surrounded by good, big, and little brothers. Good, good boys who just take care of her, and she's like, life is slow here, and I don't know why 
I'm in North Korea. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. How is this moment so beautiful and serene? How am I so happy here? And I'm like, I don't know, Siri. I don't know either. Just let me cry with you at the beauty. I don't know. This is the most conflicted I've ever been as far as, like, usually if they did something that caused a character to slow down in their life and maybe, you know, take a step out of their CEO role and really learn how to appreciate smaller things, normally I'd, I'd be, at this point, very much rooting for them to just stay where they're at. But they've done an interesting thing where they've said it in North Korea. And yep. and now I don't know how to feel. I don't know how to feel because I'm absolutely rooting for her to settle down for her new life in North Korea with all these good boys. And that's not what the rest of her life would look like. They don't get to do just picnics and camping and have a good time every day. That's not the reality of what her life would look like there. So I can't root for it, but I want it. What if that, but in (laughs) South Korea? Maybe. Hear me out. Reunification. (gasps) Hmm? What if reunification? What if reunification? (laughs) Then we all get what we want. This show's rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also cried at the wiretapper remembering Ri Myuk being kind uh, to I him. I cry pretty much every time they remember Ri Myuk. I think that's his name. Honestly, not positive. Yeah, now I'm panicking. It's fine. Older brother, uh, whenever we remember him, I will die a little inside because he was such a good older brother and a good person. And we're just gonna go ahead and use that as we're just gonna use that as fodder for the flames of my pain while watching this K drama. We're gonna weaponize that against yep. the viewers. The thing about K dramas is that they're very good at making me hurt. So thank you, K dramas. <laughs> yes, they do a good job. That's why I like them. I love the pain. I love to cry. That's probably why I cry at every little thing. I'll enjoy it. It means you're an empathetic person, and it's beautiful, and I love it, and this K-drama might be the first K-drama to, like, really get me in a while. It's been- the last time I fully, I think, like, fully ugly sobbed at a K-drama, I think might have been Goblin, but I feel this one working its way up to just, like, a hideous, hideous sob, just, like, snot and tears- being about 90% of my face. I can feel it. The build-up is coming with this one. All the puzzle pieces are falling together. They have already had so many really beautiful contemplative moments that, like, the goodbye picnic, obviously, super beautiful, Where you, and she sings Very a song. Good. So good. Oh. I even expected to cringe through that song, but it was actually... Right? I think if it was happening in real life, I would not have liked it. I think the artful cinematography definitely helped. Um, there's something about people being put on the spot, like standing up and singing on their own, that has always, like, unless it's a planned performance, I struggle with it. But it was beautifully shot, so therefore it was the perfect moment. And then um, the night... That they have to stay outside the train? Damn. Oh my god. What? I was 
I think as much as Siri was, I was a little bit freaking out when the train stopped, and they're like, it's going to be stopped for 10 hours. <laughs> and then Jianyuk was like, mm-mm-mm-mm. 16. Oh, it'll be longer than that. And then a <laughs> horde of people. Y'all ever seen Train to Busan? A horde <laughs> of people comes running at the train. And I was like, oh no, this is a different movie now. Oh, we're all gonna die. It's okay. They're the good guys. They're the real heroes. The MVPs are the train hopping salesmen. They're the ones that are gonna get those they people us the fed romance. tonight. Yep. They brought us the romance. I did want to die with the amount of things Seiri was asking for. I, uh... Please stop. (laughs) You've grown so much as a person since we started this K-drama. Please stop asking for things. I do keep thinking at one point, he, Jung-hyuk, has to run out of money, right? Like, I just... Right? I I think he's got... I think he's from... In a pretty wealthy situation. Of course the AC just kicked on. I'm right next to vents, like, uncovered vents. I love this for our recording situation. (laughs) I'm just gonna try and forget about it. Tuesdays, maybe, no more recording. Or Monday. Today's Monday. Shit. Okay, uh, what was I saying? That he's gonna run out of money. Oh, he's gonna run out of money, is what I was saying. I just, I think that he is from a wealthier situation, but I don't think that he has endless cash. And she's giving his shit away, like his food away, and trading it yeah, for see, things. Yeah, see, that's what I'm worried about. Like, not just money in his pocket. It seems like his money is spent buying food for the winter. And she gives a lot of that away as well. And it's like, no, food stores are a little more important here. We will not have food to buy in the winter because it does not grow in the winter. Yeah. So if you give it all away, I just want to have, like, stop taking the money and stop taking his food. I need you to not. Please. Please. It's a little stressor. But also, his parents have an ostrich, so, like, I think he'll be <laughs> okay. fine. Yeah, he's about to get a sick transfer to Pyongyang, so... Am I pronouncing that uh. right? I think so. Cool. I I knew all along. <laughs> um, I don't want him to go, but I don't know if she's going to stay. It seems like that's kind of the plan, is that she won't be able to get on the plane. So How? what's going to happen? There's like a solid part of me that if it was real life that this was happening, <laughs> let's suspend all of our disbelief and put ourselves into the yeah. K-drama. And I was in her shoes. I All I would want is out of this situation where I was completely head over heels for someone that was in an arranged marriage, just because I don't think that I could be, I could handle that kind of hurt. You don't think you could be a homewrecker? No, I just don't think that I could be a homewrecker or like a fully, just like complete life plan wrecker like like let me take away your only options of living a comfortable life or a tolerable life with your family i couldn't do it you know so i would just Mm -hmm. be crawling out of my skin the whole time because it's get to be in love with this man or and have and ruin everything for him or um gtfo that 
was a big thing with these two episodes. Not as much the overarching, like, what's going to happen in their future, but there was a lot more where she kind of has started to realize that she likes him, that she's got a crush on him. And I think he maybe hasn't realized it, but he definitely has a crush on her. Yeah, and you these can two see episodes. the feelings. Yeah. Hey, yeah, you can see the feelings, Eleven, both of them. So these two episodes were a lot harder to watch in that they're both realizing that they have these feelings and they can't possibly be together. Like, they're such inconvenient feelings. There's even moments where you can tell they kind of shut off their inhibitions and it gets them in just, like, minor trouble. Like, his oh, his jealous fit was my favorite thing. <laughs> I usually think that jealousy is such a toxic, useless emotion, and I think it's so annoying, typically. But his pouty baby fit when he went to bed after oh she God. gave two hearts to the handsome young army man. And... Uh, <laughs> And I was 100% here for his tiny baby pouty fit. It was the most endearing thing I've ever seen. But um, the part where he is mad that she wandered off into the night with another man that, and he couldn't protect her if he couldn't see her. Yeah. And he, he was totally throwing a fit and I loved it. Because my heart. Yeah, but it's going to get him in trouble. Because my heart wants them to be together. My heart loves them. My heart loves love, and my heart loves their love. <laughs> my heart loves their love, and she can't run off with anybody. Like, I get that it was about jealousy, but I think it was okay that time, because it was also about safety. Like, they did get stopped by a police two seconds before. I should say police officer. They did get stopped by a police. <laughs> Full stop. So, like, she was in danger just walking around Pyongyang with a rando dude. I loved when they were like, well, you can scare pretty much anybody off with English. I was like, <laughs> that's true. That's I true here, too. I know it's not. It's because it's intimidating to not know the language another person is speaking. Like, just generally, it's hard to, like... It's like a thing, but also I like to imagine it's because English is such a weird-sounding language. I know that's <laughs> not the case, but... I think it's, at least here in Japan, it's also a little bit my theory that it's frustrating that they have to learn it since, like, fifth grade they're required to learn English, and they don't end up being fluent in it by the time they graduate. So it's a little bit like... I should know this, and I don't, so I'd like to be out of this situation where I have to speak it now. Please and thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> I would be that I way, too, Japanese. I am and will forever be disappointed in my inability to speak any other language, despite the multiple times that I've tried. One day Korean, I promise. But yeah, whenever anyone does a little tiny quiz on how much I know about any of the languages I've studied, like the year of German I took, the three years of French I took, the two years of American Sign Language I took, whenever I get any kind of quizzed on any of it, I shut down, I need out too, so... Mm-hmm. So I get that. I get that on a deep level. <laughs> so I thought it was very funny. It was. But it's a good tactic. also very intimidating. Yeah. I don't want to get stopped by the police in North Korea. Please. No. You're playing so much with my stress. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> this show. Also, I did not expect her to run across Gusung Jun so quickly. I thought mm-hmm. there was going to be a lot more build up between these two, like seeing each other. Or at least him seeing her and being like, is that really her? Because he did it once in episode five. And then by episode six, they're like strolling together. I thought that was very quick. Yeah. I thought we'd drag that out for a lot longer. She's being a little bit foolish with her trust. And I don't appreciate it. It's hard to watch. I want her to trust one man in this world. And that's <laughs> Ri Jung-hyuk and all of his army boys. And his boys. They're extensions <laughs> of himself. I, yeah, I get it. Like we've said, he doesn't seem like that bad of a guy. Uh, Go Sung Jun doesn't seem like that bad of a guy. He's definitely a pathetic villain. He's only out for himself, and that makes him a villain. But he's not like that bad. Mm-hmm. But I worry about her. I mean, for like 10 minutes, he was super nice, and then the next 10 minutes, someone had a gun to his head, and he was like, so I guess Seiri has to die. Yeah, I will help with that. Yeah, or even just, I think that he doesn't know about the whole death thing, from what I can tell. I don't know how he'd feel if he realized that she was, that there was an attempted murder, and that they will continue to happen. And I think that he, I don't know, it's interesting, because like you said, I don't think he's a bad guy, but I don't love that she's trusting anyone whose interest can be so easily swayed. And she's, she seems smart enough to know that he's like, I don't know, if, even if he's not like a bad person, that he's not, that he's a really easily manipulated person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I get it. I get that if you think he's easily manipulated, that you would think, if I tell him, contact my father, pretty confident that your dad's going to do just about anything to get you back. Yeah, that's true. So if you're dealing with a con man who only speaks in money, you're pretty well set when you're like, just call my dad. He'll give you money. I don't that's blame true. her. She has very few options. Yeah, and she's running out of them constantly, so... Yeah, I guess I get it. I get it. I just don't like it. Yeah. It was so lovely when she thought, or when she said the words, maybe it really is fate that we ran into each other out loud, and Ri Jung-hyuk pointed out all of the fates that they've had in that, in that case, by the way. If we're, if we're doing fate, let's do fate in my favor. (laughs) I love it. See, I like that little bit of jealousy. I think that's funny. Like you said, it's hard because it's such a toxic feeling. But he's so cute when he does it. Oh, I'm broken. I'm a sucker for Ri <laughs> yeah, Jung-hyuk. We both are. We got stupid monkey brains. We got stupid monkey brains and he's so cute. And he's so sweet. And uh, he could do anything and I'm pretty... He could have shot a man in the face. I, I think he actually did at the very end there. He kind of did he that. Shot, yeah, and I would... I'm so here for it. I'm happy for him. He's a great <laughs> shot. I don't believe you. Well done, sir. <laughs> um, so it's cute when he's jealous. Not when anybody else is. But also, he's a fictional character, so I guess maybe that's where we draw the line. Mm-hmm. Only be jealous in fiction. Jealousy is such a delicate balance to strike in a Korean drama, and they're doing a really good job because they're giving him the awareness that he shouldn't. Be je- or that he's not really allowed to be jealous, 
and they're not having him do anything psychotic with that jealousy. He's just hurt and There's being cute. Also, yeah, very cute. There's also a little bit a lack of awareness of where these feelings are coming from. Like, he hasn't really identified that he definitely has a crush on her. Mm-hmm. So I think he's a little bit like, I don't know why I'm feeling like this, but I'm very angry and upset. So I'm going to figure that out for a minute in my room alone. Sit- sitting quietly across from her on a train, refusing to speak with her. Uh-huh. So it's cute because he doesn't know he's jealous. He just is. I could watch it forever. <laughs> but Kelly just want him to be together. I can't. I can't watch it forever. I will die. I have so much stress. My heart has been in my throat. I was shaking at the end of episode six, but my heart is in my throat pretty much constantly because they're so good at doing the hurts so good romance where that longing where they can't be together and they think the other person may not be interested or like, I think he kind of supposes she's interested, but She's pretty good at kind of flipping around and, like, doing something that makes him feel off balance anyway. And I... Oh, God. It's my favorite slow burn. My favorite, favorite (laughs) slow burn is the one where they don't know the other one is in love with them. And it's that not-so-unrequited love that lasts so many fucking episodes. Oh my god. I love it. It's my favorite slow burn type, and they're doing such a good job with it. I want them to be together so badly. My heart is constantly (laughs) in my throat. It's burning a hole through my chest. It's in my throat and burning a hole through my chest at the same time. He can't handle it. Raquel's gonna die before we finish this show. It's killing me. It's a good way to go, though. Like, it is one of the best K-dramas I've ever seen. Romantic-wise, this is one of the most romantic shows I've ever seen in my darn life. Mm -hmm. I wasn't ready to feel all of the romance feeling. I mean, we both were here. Of course we love romance. I love this romance. (laughs) It's making me a more romantic person. Yeah. It's got all the most heightened emotions. Like, the scenarios that they put these people in might be borderline ridiculous under any other circumstances. But they've already... The premise is that they're in North Korea. So, like, from the jump, this is gonna be the craziest show we've ever seen. Just highest stakes. Yeah. So every, all of these quote-unquote toxic emotions, like jealousy and her, like, kind of playing with him all the time, and they're, they're back and forth, they're not being able to be together, it's all very understandable. And that's why it's so good. There's so many damsel in distress moments that usually I would hate myself for loving, but you're like, they're in North Korea. You can write everything off because mm-hmm. they're in this insane place. No rules just right. It's only right all the time. Choose the right. We have. We We have chosen the right. I feel like there's so many other things that we absolutely have to talk about that I don't know how to begin. I have one. Yeah, please. I have notes. So like, I'll just, I'll just pull them from the notes. They will not be connected to anything. We got a makeover, Raquel. We got a (gasps) dang makeover. I, uh, love a makeover. Okay, um, I know that we were maybe 
I'm wrong. Maybe we weren't supposed to think the outfit with the pants, the big pants, you know, the one the, with the big pants and the big shoes that she wore. Yeah. Maybe we're supposed to think that that was an outrageous outfit. I would love to wear something like that. I, I loved it. I'd like to think everybody felt the same way as me in that she's just the prettiest person alive and could make any outfit work. For real, though. Because I think about 80% of those outfits I would never wear, but I was obsessed with them all. They all looked very good on her. They all looked so good. I was like, yes, high fashion, make it happen in North Korea. And she's like, let me pull these hideously ugly items off the rack and see if they do me any good. And I'm like, no, 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 don't put that on. And then she does, and it's so good. I don't understand it. It's not fair. Mm -mm. The coat she wears on the train, the very long coat, and then she wears it in her photo. First of all, that that? that had to be a billion won. That was custom made. That was gorgeous. It was tailored to your body. You looked perfect in it. It was structured and it was a lot of fucking fabric. I've said the F word so many times in this episode. I'm sorry. Your emotions are at an all time high. I'm heightened. You know, I'm just heightened right now. Anyway, uh, she, it's a, it's an expensive coat in South Korea. Yes. And I don't feel like it's the kind of coat that would be less money because it weighs less. If you know what I'm, if you're picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah. That's an expensive coat. Across the board. Across, Across all borders. The board. <laughs> That's an expensive coat. And she bought a lot of outfits. Like, it would be one thing if she was like, I bought one outfit that I will wear for the rest of my duration. But girl is constantly changing clothes. Ri Jung-hyuk is going to have so many women's clothes when she moves out. Yep. I guess he can sell them again. Yeah, that's a lot of outfits. Yeah, I guess maybe that's how he'll get all of his potatoes back. That's fair. We figured it out. All right, full circle. He's going to be okay. He's going to make it through the winter. He won't have any kimchi. Because she refused to go to the kimchi battle. But maybe he can buy some potatoes back. And corn. I think she also gave away a lot of his corn. Yeah. And then that really cute little boy who needed to feed his sister. She gave away, like, some bread and, yeah, a lot of corn. And just, like, a lot of stuff. And it was such a beautiful scene. But, like, the whole time I was like, okay, I'd feel better about it if you hadn't already given away a lot of his stuff already. Please just stop giving away his stuff. We need to bask in these cute moments, not worry about all the things that you're taking from him. Okay, that's why the the campfire scene was also so precious. Sorry, the picnic scene. They had a fire there as well, but they caught the food right then and there, and then they cooked it on up. And they kept the pig alive, the very cute pig. Yeah, the very cute pig. That pig was not ready to die. I'm sorry. I don't know anything about farming. I shouldn't talk, but I'm pretty sure pigs can get a lot bigger than that, you guys. Mm-hmm. That was a small pig. Also, I I have made eye contact with an animal that I've, I've met eyes with an animal and then later eaten it. Interesting story. I can share this on the podcast. Very scarring moment in Raquel's childhood. So uh, I'm sure you'll see know where this is going as I start the story. But when I was a kid, I had this sheep that I it my grand 
my grandpa had this little hobby farm. We just had like four or five horses and like two cows just kind of on circulation. We were pretty much always eating the cow except cows except Bursky, who was like this giant blind cow. She had these big old horns that we had to put tennis balls on the end of because she was blind. So she didn't know where her horns were swinging. And we were always worried about being gored. But we kept her until she was a very old cow because we loved her a lot. Anyway, we had this sheep who I also just, ugh, I loved this sheep. And we would hang out with the sheep a lot. And one day uh, we went out to the ranch and the sheep wasn't there. And I said, Grandpa, where's the sheep? And my grandpa was like, Oh, you know, um, dogs got into the ranch and chased him, chased him off. But, you know, like, th- them's the breaks. You know, that's farm life for you. We did have mutton at the family reunion a month later. And y- yeah, Maurice, crying softly. About a month after that, wasn't the brightest child. I was also only like six or seven. I did realize like a month after that, I was like, oh, we ate my sheep at the family reunion. <laughs> And my dad was just like, oh, no. sure did, kiddo, sure did. I have not eaten <laughs> mutton since that day. I can't, mutton is the one thing I can't do still. I can't do mutton, can't do lamb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mikael, you poor baby sheep. No, we never raised pigs, but I've been trying to get away from eating pork. Because, dang, that pig in that show was so cute. I think pigs are cute. That was a very cute pig. Cows are kind of cute, too. Maybe I need to be a vegetarian. I'm having a breakdown right here on this podcast. Welcome to Play on K, where Raquel realizes that maybe it's time to consider vegetarianism. It's hard. It's a hard choice. I like... So there's a restaurant here. My story time. Sorry, guys. We'll get back to crash landing eventually. There's a restaurant here in Aramo that is a little farm. And, like, in one corner of the farm, there's a little restaurant quote unquote it's kind of just a shed and you sit in the shed there's a grill and they kind of just slaughter their cows from the farm and then right right to your table very fresh i've been there many times and they use every single part of the animal and i think you know as an american that freaks me out a lot but as a human being with empathy That's such a good idea, right? Mm -hmm, Like, I don't know why I've always been opposed to, like, cow liver and cow tongue. I don't think I've ever eaten the brain. I'm not going to lie, that freaks me out. But I would do it. (laughs) Just feel better about having to eat, like, every part of the animal and feeling like there's not a lot of waste as far as having to kill an animal. But I've never had to look one in the eye and be like, hello, cow, I'm just going to pop in the restaurant here and i guess i'll never see you again but that would i don't know how i would handle it i don't think i could so i like to pretend i'm strong yeah my grandpa did a pretty good job of um doing that thing where like it's not that we didn't know we were eating our animals it was just that it was a really it's like we skimmed over the topic typically but yeah (laughs) looking back i had a lot of affection for a lot of the animals that i've eaten so, big bummer. Gonna have to think about that for the next little while. We'll see about... I just love carne asada so much. It's fine. I'm fine. I'm... What about, like, no meat. meat except carne asada? Yeah, meat is so good. We're <laughs> monsters. We're not helping the earth. We're gonna do better, guys. Um, I have 
two more things that I found in my notes that are, again, fairly random, but worth mentioning before we sign off. Sorry if this episode is terribly long. We're just so excited. We knew it would be long going in. Yeah. Number one, Jo Cho Gang, who is our main villain, our main bad guy, sold all of his antiques to buy literally every higher up in Pyongyang. And I hate that. Yep, because it means he's going to keep succeeding. He made it out of the place that nobody makes it out of alive. And I hate that. But I love a good villain. I'm excited to see how much more he can come up with. Because he's doing great. He is a very good villain. They did a great job. Because I am scared of him now. I fear him. Mm-hmm. But I respect him a little bit. Respect that grind. He's had this yeah. this whole like power play laid out for years. Yeah, I mean, gotta respect that grind, right? Gotta respect that grind, buddy. <laughs> uh last <laughs> last point we're not gonna do voices anymore i promise <laughs> they were together on the first snow seiri and junkyuk so of course they're in love forever that's it their love's gonna last forever it stresses me out a little bit when she puts her head on his shoulder in public not gonna lie mm-hmm. i could tell it stressed him out it as well so much. that's kind of what stressed me out is that he wasn't like there was that time that he kind of pulled her head onto his shoulder. Yeah. When they were by the campfire. The and that nowhere. was. Yeah, that was beautiful and so sweet. I wanted to. I hate affection that makes the recipient uncomfortable. Like, it's hard for me because then I start. I'm cringing. He's cringing. We're all cringing. We're all worried about it. Who's going to get shot for this? You know? Who's going to get shot? Know. My girl? Yeah, so that was a big struggle. You know, it was a sweet moment, for sure. I just wish they would have been alone for the first snow. Yeah. Even, like, with the lights out, I thought that would be a thing of, like, bring around the candles. Basically, nobody can see them. Mm -hmm. Have a little snuggle. We've all been there, (laughs) y'all. Y'all ever been to a movie theater? Put your head on someone's shoulder. That's a move. But to be like, oh, the lights are back up. Let's cuddle up. Um, no. I Uh, wouldn't do that in the free countries of the world. With your own husband. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like PDA at all. So just, uh, being like, homegirl, he's engaged. He is in the capital city. It is not the time. Uh, nope. I'm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, Stop. Siri. I just want to bask in your love. I don't want to feel stressed about it. Yeah. Can you just make your love an only positive experience for me specifically, please? Thank you. Those are my last two points. I think we covered everything. I'm sure we didn't, though. Yeah, there's so much about this. That's why we're doing this two episodes at a time, so that we can cover a little bit more ground with these 45 minutes to an hour and a half episodes that you and I are now recording. We just it's only it's only been like an hour and four minutes. It's fine. Okay. I just could talk about this K drama for I was so excited yesterday that I texted Emily to see if I could make a play to get us to record it early so I could watch more of this K drama this week. <laughs> and it worked. We did it. We, we did, did good. 
I almost did not watch it, but I stayed up very, very late because I was watching a Thai, Thai drama all day long. And then I, I threw it in right at the last minute. I was like, I know it's important to Raquel. She has to watch more. I needed this. I got you. I got you, boo. Go be free. Thank you. Just start crying now. To start crying now to prep myself for all the other tears that I'm going to cry. I'm very concerned for how this all is. There's so much. We still, oh, doing things two episodes at a time was a super good idea. And also, we have so much further to go before we know even remotely how this is going to play out. Yeah. Ooh. We'll just record like every other day. Mm-hmm. So we can binge it. I'll quit my job and just watch this and then record and then watch and record. That's kind of the plan. If y'all want to support us in that dream, maybe consider potentially, possibly, if you can, signing up for our Patreon. Yeah, we've got a couple of levels over there. So pick whatever is appropriate to you. Do not feel pressured to do that at all. Just if you want to. Yeah, check it out. We've actually been doing a lot of fun things with our Patreon. M has been way better than me about posting like new blog episodes or blog posts about stuff she's been watching. But we also started doing watch parties and they're dope. Uh, I think I mentioned last week and I'm definitely mentioning again. Uh, we might have the funniest community of all time because uh, the times we've done our watch parties, I've been laughing my ass off at the comments. That right? You, you don't have to be funny to come to our watch party. Just know that everybody there is funny, except for me. Like, I'd get to just, like, (laughs) sit back and laugh. (laughs) But just know that I'll be there if you're like, I'm not very funny. Like, I won't show up with the jokes. Just know that you can, like, sit in the back and laugh. And that's okay, too. Yeah, and, like, honestly, you'll probably catch more of the K-drama anyway. But it's, like, a fun thing to do together. And if we have to rewatch it later when we're not lolling, then we rewatch it later when we're not lolling. But it's, yeah, it's a blast. You can actually find a link to our Patreon on our website. It's playonk... playonk.com, where you can find episodes, sign up for newsletters, like I said, link to the Patreon. Or you can just go to patreon.com slash playonk. If you want to chat with us, tell us what you're watching, give us a long hey, tell us how you're doing in quarantine times, you can give us an email. Playonkpodcast at gmail.com is where you'll find us. Yeah, you guys gotta tell us what you guys have been watching in quarantine, and if you just wanted to do a quick tweet about it, we are on Twitter it's play on k just at play on k that's our handle that that's what they call them <laughs> that's what the kids call them um we are on streaming platforms like itunes and blueberry and stitcher and if you could go on any one of those your favorite ones and give us a rating a review if you can we would love it it would mean a lot to us and it would help other people find our podcast yeah thanks for our theme song james hevel we love it and we love you we love it and we love you and we love you all for listening thank you so much and we'll see you next week for episodes seven and eight of crash landing on you okay bye okay bye